This week, we climbed Celeste just to get a lobotomy because they won't believe that there are monsters under our beds. This and more on episode 146 of Indie Game Riot. I am Josh, joined once again by Eric Hunter and the squeaking of my guinea pigs. Uh, tonight, apparently, is, uh, I don't know, one of them just feels like being loud. So that's the thing. Anyway. Heat. Yeah. Oh, God. It's the one I don't, I don't even like that one. That's my wife's. The other ones are you, really chill. That one's kind of a bitch. not like it. She's kind of a bitch. <sighs> I don't know what it is. I didn't know you could classify guinea pigs by like that she, well she's she's the only one that acts like like a, like, a, like a, i don't know like a jackass <laughs> so good, uh, good anyway how's good. your week been eric been good yeah been good the wife of the <laughs> uh nice uh, i see nice. what you did there i'm not falling for that trap no nope. i feel like no it's been good um I've been so we we had Valentine's Day last week. Yeah, was which, it worth um, missing the show? Um, I'm not gonna answer that. Uh, <laughs> I mean, you've uh, at least gotten a blowy out of it. That's all I'm saying. Um, we're very open that. about our sexual uh, <laughs> our sexual lives here on this show. If you uh, know Rev and, and Tech from before. Dope. I sure don't. Um, I just remember you. No, so um, <laughs> kind of. I'm not a very um, emotional person. Yeah. Uh, well, especially around like uh, medium, like I don't out of media, like I don't, I don't get teary eyed at like songs or music or cry during, uh, cry during movies or anything like that. Um, but there are on occasion a couple of times where I've either experienced like watched or done something like watched a movie or played a game where I felt like um, I was completely uh, what's the word it's like that scene in the Grinch when your heart finally starts to grow no it's not that it's more of a um, you kind of lose touch with reality a little bit you ever had that experience so you've reached nirvana no it was a very scary place to go okay was not a i'm very so interested I, so i found I've, i found this game called the devil's tuning fork have you heard of the devil's tuning fork i know what the devil's tuning fork is but i don't think i know the game i might i might have seen some gameplay of it I, I'm okay sure. so for those who may not know um the devil's uh tuning fork is a first person uh, puzzle platformer. Oh, I, I hate saying those words together because <laughs> it just annoys me. Uh, it's it's on the vein of it's you survival know, crafting. Like, well, oh god, no, there's no crafting. Uh, but it's on the on the vein of like Portal and the Ball and um, anti something anti gravity anti anti chamber. Yeah, 
where it's there's no combat it's just you know you're trying to figure out this very interesting game mechanic and that's the game good, mechanic that's good is, for a discussion point later oh we have a discussion point good um and the game mechanic is is you are in a pitch black room and you have a you have the devil's tuning fork which basically you much like any tuning fork when you hit it it sends out a vibration i think uh, i have to the this. world okay. yeah so um it it only so you can only see the the world around you when you hit this tuning fork and it sends like these ripples up there's another game that came out recently that's kind of like it but it's a um it's more of a like a telltale um wow man i'm struggling with words today yeah but i can't remember what it's called uh i think it's from the same guys who did who uh from fulbright who did uh that game anywho it's those uh, game makers that did that game about the game game stuff struggling like a moron yeah um it's we switch places it's okay all right good well everybody gets the one it happens every once in a while <laughs> so in essence the game seems fairly simple you hit the you hit the tuning fork it sends out this ripple of light you kind of get an idea of the topography of the world and you kind of move about and you stop it's pitch black again you hit it you go through uh, you hit the tuning fork again and then blah 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 anyway so I don't know if it was just if it was real late or I had an odd day or something but this game it was like one of those things where I couldn't stop playing it because I was I was so terrified to stop because I was trying to figure out what it was because like I kind of lost sense of everything playing this game like it, it kind of frightened me does that make sense the game was okay so the game was frightening you or did you just get sucked into it no, I. It did something psychologically to me. Interesting. I don't. I don't know how to explain it, but like I received a feeling from a video game that I don't normally receive feelings from. Okay. That's, very interesting. That's so it just made you uncomfortable, probably. Very, very perplexed. Because I think I remember Tech had the same issues with um, Ori in the Blind Forest. And certain games okay. like that just made... I don't know why, because that game... Was, I mean, it was a good game. But there's certain games... I, I kind of get what you're saying, because there's certain games that just resonate inside of you. you. They, they yeah. resonate inside of you, and, and it just puts you just a little bit off, like a little uneasy. Yeah, like it's it like tapped into something emotionally from like way back when. Like I felt like I was kind of getting vertigo. Like I was, I was having trouble... Uh, Okay. You know, like finding my place. I don't know if I've ever experienced that myself, like to that extreme, but I think I know what you're talking about. Yeah, I stopped playing it. Probably for the best. That's kind of creepy. Yeah, like I was, I I was only like 30 minutes in, and then when like I got to the point where I kept getting lost because I couldn't figure out where I was going because obviously just the way that the game mechanics work out, it's just like I can't, I can't fucking do this anymore. Like I just got to turn this game off. (laughs) Immediately deleted (laughs) it, tweaked it out, uninstalled it. Yeah, it was not, it wasn't good. It was. Was that your Valentine's Day? uh, It was the day after. Okay, so (laughs) I had a pretty good day. Then I definitely dropped down. Your wife comes in. Hey, honey, happy Valentine's. Get away from me! Yeah. <laughs> Pants around my ankles and got a tinfoil hat on. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I've just been diseased for, like, since the beginning of December. Good. It's been, Good. Uh, and, and just this past week has been pretty shitty. I've been dealing with a head cold that's, you know, now moved into my chest. Uh, I don't know how many of you are watching on, like, high def, big screen, full screen, but 
I've got fucking cold sore on my goddamn lip now. It's fucking bugging me, and it's like I'm really self-conscious about it, so everyone make fun of me now. Uh, <laughs> I hate, fucking hate it. I'm pointing right. it out to... to Everybody uh, has herpes. It's no big deal. I, well, I will say, I've read up on it, and like over 90% of like the world's population has this you know cold sore yeah. strain. So fuck you all. You're all herpetic. Is that a word? Herpetic? Um, Probably not. Let me just type in prone to herpes and <laughs> Prone to herpes. Uh, so yeah, there's that. I mean, and then like my wife had this nasty cold. My daughter has something where uh, probably in, like some sort of bacterial infection because she has like a fever that's hovering around 103 and it can't Shit. keep it down and she missed school for like three days and throwing up. My son just now is starting like get a chest cold or something. Ugh. See, that's the difference between me and you. I have an out-of-body experience where my mind has expanded to alternate dimensions and you have a head cold. It totally makes sense. Same thing. I don't know what you're talking mm. about. Mm-hmm. Man, I don't know. Some of that medicine, man, kind of makes you feel oh, like... Oh, yeah. Some of that medicine shit. makes you loopy as shit. Like, don't get me wrong. I've definitely had my nights where I was, you know, you go through those, those benders where you're drinking for, you know, 48 hours straight and you're bar hopping for 15 of those 48 hours straight, you know, and you, you, you can definitely uh, realize that your body is <laughs> goes into a different drive. But yeah, some of that cold medicine, it'll lay you out. Well, I don't know. The, uh, on the occasion that I've had to take like a prescription pain med, that's probably the most like, what the fuck is going on in yeah. my brain, but can't do anything about it. Uh, that's probably the most I've ever experienced that sort of thing. That was, uh, I still have some in case I have like a gallbladder attack or something like that, but, uh, why is your gallbladder attacking you? Fuck if I know. I wish it wouldn't. <laughs> it's, it's some of the most painful shit I've ever experienced. Please stop. Please uh, stop gallbladder. That and my ankle uh, gets fucked up. So, but I, it, it, if I take that shit, I'm like out of commission for the day. Damn. It's fucking crazy. Anyway. You know what uh, might make us uh, heal up a good bit? Put, ground us back into reality. You'd be able to sharpen those skills on, on the downtime. But Segway. Indie News <laughs> Injection. Thank you, guinea pig. Are you bored with the same old games? Yeah. Why, then give yourself an Indie News Injection. Thanks, Indie Games. This week... On any news injection, the very first thing we're going to be talking about is Papers, Please, the short film that... Uh, can I get the damn image? Thank you. The short film that we've talked about a couple times before is finally being released uh, and is going to debut on YouTube this weekend. Uh, I don't know... Uh, I should have actually read more in detail instead of skimmed it. Uh, but I, I don't know if it's going to be on Red or not, or if it's just going to be on YouTube. I should actually... I think it's just going to be on YouTube because okay. they're talking yeah, about see. releasing it on Steam, too. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, Steam makes you buy it, that's why. I mean, I guess they can oh, give really? it away for free, but like videos... Yeah. Generally, when you put like m- movies or films up on Steam. I don't know if they ever given them away for free. But anyway, the fact of the matter is, it's happening this weekend. 
Uh, I, I've been looking forward to it because I love Papers, Please, and I think it's a really cool universe, I guess you could say. Um, I'm, I'm interested where they go with it. Like, I'm, I'm curious if they do... I mean, do you do the whole secret society thing? Do you do... Oh, you or mean do like you which... just show the oppression of this guy sitting behind this desk in this tiny little box checking people's uh, papers? Do you because, know what I mean? Like, yeah, because it goes in different directions. Yeah, so like, wh- which way do you go with it? Because I feel like... So in my mind, this short film is supposed to do a couple of things. Uh, well, if it were me, it would do a couple of things. One of the things would be, obviously, to promote the writer and director. Uh, I don't know how much uh, Pope had to do with it. Um, I, I think he was, I, I think he was pretty heavy on on uh, consulting with them. Okay, that makes sense. Because, um, at least with the writing, I would imagine. But ultimately, you you want to create an intriguing enough short film to have somebody buy the game, right? Wouldn't that be the ultimate end to buy the game? I don't know if that's necessarily what it's for. I mean, I would imagine that it will boost sales uh, once again. As I'm should, just curious if that, game. what would, I'm just curious as to where it's going to go. Cause it's only 10 minutes long. So it's like, how much story can you really pack into a 10 minute short film? And there is, there is a trailer if, if people are interested, which will be, which is nine minutes long. It's the strangest trailer. Like that's, it's basically the whole movie. Is it nine minutes long? No, I'm kidding. I was gonna say. I was like, <laughs> I was gonna say, is it, the film's like ten the minutes. Trailer's long. ten minutes long. How yeah. long is the movie? It's ten minutes. <laughs> it's just cut differently. Uh, more specifically, it'll be out on the twenty fourth, um, and then Steam will be a few days after that. So um, I'm excited. I think it's. I'm. I like stuff like this. Yeah. I like when stuff like this kind of. Well, people. And the other thing is, people will automatically like a video game, even though it's not a movie, but video game uh, movies always suck. Is the that's is not the true. Tro- Street Fighter the, the movie was the shit. Street Fighter, the movie. I don't. I, I, I watched on, it man. once, like in the nineties, and I don't oh really God. remember. A lot of a lot of the video game stuff from the nineties, I have a skewed uh, appreciation for. Oh, because okay. I was a kid, and I'm like, oh, it's awesome, Mario Brothers, and then I watch it now, I'm like, oh wow. Yeah, really, <laughs> what the fuck was going on there? Like Mortal Kombat. Like, man, this movie shits. I love Mortal Kombat. Even now, I still kind of like Mortal Kombat. It's a guilty pleasure. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I love the Mortal Kombat movies. You know what's... A, I w- Go ahead. You know what's a, like an underrated uh, video game movie? Mm-hmm. Uh, Silent Hill. I really I really enjoy yeah. it. Yeah. Silent Hill's good for... It's it's a good horror movie. What other, what other movies do you think... Uh, like a mini discussion here, but... Uh, what other movies or indie games do you think would make good indie movies? Or oh, Jesus. Movies. Um, I mean, there's tons of them, man. Um, I, I'm i a big fan of. Um, let me look it up. How about. Have how you about... heard of the Devil's Tuning Fork? <laughs> <laughs> do you want to claw your eyeballs out? Uh, what about Bastion? Bastion would be good. Um, cool. Damn, that would be a hard story to tell too, because there would be a lot of things to fill in. There'd be a long, there'd be well, I and don't I think, think as long as the it, original would be a game long writers. beginning, because you would have to tell that entire story of how the world became the world that you're in and we why just, everybody's pseudo okay with it. We could just like, go with the uh, Cloverfield, the new Cloverfield movie, the way they did it, and just not give a fuck about that part. Uh, well, <laughs> so you know the story about that, though, right? Yeah, I know. Oh, okay. How it wasn't 
technically a Cloverfield movie. Yeah, yeah. Well, I don't. Yeah. I was that confirmed? That was. I thought yeah, that was just no. The, the movie was completed, and then they went in they refilmed the, marketing the last ten minutes, right, to make it a Cloverfield movie, and then they did some ADR to tie in that the space station's called Cloverfield. Blah 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 blah. Yeah. Um, how about Checks Quest? <laughs> Checks Quest. Oh my God! Wow. Or Hotline Miami. Hotline Miami would be fucking trippy as balls. Like, talking about like Fear and Loathing in Las Vegas shit. Yeah, but just like like Postal. Super d- oh brutal. yeah, po- well Postal had a movie. I thought. Yeah, there's a Postal movie. Yeah. It's not very good. It's by uh, Uwe Boll. Oh well, that's that's why. Yeah, he's a trash compactor. Um, God, he did a bunch of movies like that. Well, that was his thing. He did video game movies, and he single-handedly like made it a trope that video game movies suck. Yeah. Well, do you know why? That one of the big reasons why he did video games, um, movies was that was because the country he lives in, which is where does he live? Uh, West Germany. Okay. Um, he there's a um when he was filming the movies there was a there was a clause in whatever their government contracts where where they would only film or they would only provide funding for movies that provided some sort of I can't remember there's like some very specific wording and he was able to convince the government that that they have to fund his films because they are based on the on whatever this very specific wording is so he just got free money out of it basically yeah I forgot he did House of the Dead. Far Cry, though? House of the Far Dead. Cry, wait, did Far Cry have a movie? No, no. Oh, wait, there is. Yeah. I don't even remember that. 2008. Shit. Wow. Who's let's find out who's in it. Well, uh, let's um, be thankful okay. that he's not doing the Papers, Please movie. True. Short yeah, time. he did House of the Dead, Alone in the Dark, Alone in the Dark 2, Blood Rain, Blood Rain 2, Blood I Rain 3. faintly remember Alone in the Dark. Don't remember Blood Rain. Oh, here's another uh, one that that was good. I mean, I, I mean, we're stepping away from indie games, but uh, the oh. Castlevania series on Netflix. I thought, I yeah, really I enjoyed those. Yeah. Um, enjoyed those. Recently, they've been better than the hot garbage that's from the '90s, but uh, they're they're kind of bland now. Like with well, the, uh, Assassin's Creed and and uh, they're movies back, now, right? They're generic movies. That's the problem. Well, have you played a video game? Like. The things that make a video game are very rarely the actual environment or the story or the characters. It's always like the actual game itself. It's playing the game. Oh, look at papers, please. Make make yeah, playing the game. We haven't watched this yet. This but could it be could fucking be, terrible. It could be, but I'm saying, if you take games like this, Death Road to Canada would make a damn good uh, movie. Um, mm. But I'm mean, just saying, you, you, these indie games tend to be more narrative based and I think they would do wonderful as right well what I'm saying is the majority of the time like the writer director team usually gets caught up in what you just mentioned which was the backstory where it's like in a game you don't really have to worry about backstory you could just be like hey you're this person in this thing doing this thing have fun whereas in in a movie it's like an audience needs answers they need to know why they care about these characters they need to know why the world the way as it is you know what I mean like there's more work to be done uh See, uh, he didn't do Super Mario's Brothers movie with Dennis Hopper, which is just a treasure. Agreed. Uh, Baron Kraken. Also, hi. Welcome to the stream. Um, Castlemania. I think he meant Castlevania. was a pretty awesome show. Well, hold on. He might have something here. Castlemania. So are we talking like Castlevania cross WWE Wrestlesmania? (laughs) Because I'm in. 
It's just the, another, the Undertaker. The, the Undertaker is the end boss. Oh God, that would be perfect. He rises out of the ground and fucking the lights go down. Yeah. Who's that, that game? Are there any are there any wrestlers that use whips? I don't remember. <clears throat> a PUBG movie would be the most generic of generic. Uh, that movie already exists. <laughs> what do you think of, PUBG came from? Uh, Call of Battlegrounds. Wait, I just wait. I'm just, I just realized that it's the same name, so it didn't work out. Forget that. I was trying to make a joke, but it didn't work out because it's bullshit. Anyway, uh, FTL would make a great movie. I don't know how roguelites would do. If they could stop time, that would be awesome. <laughs> if that was like the shtick of these rogue of the roguelike, it's like, no, we could stop time in these movies. Yeah, it was a good joke. Brett. I I think. Actually, I think roguelikes could do well with like the short film. The yeah, short film thing. where it's like here is a very here's the snippet of the of the campaign that failed. Yeah, here's what happened. Let's go back. Let's Battle go Royale. Back. Yeah, I guess Battle Royale is kind of like a fucked up version of PUBG movie. Yeah, GTA Five would be a good movie. I f- yeah, <laughs> in real life. <clears throat> uh, so Shrub Bub. Have you played Shrub Bub? That'd be a fun movie. XCOM would be a good Netflix series. That'd be interesting. I don't know. It, I feel like that could be easily mishandled. Uh, well, I guess anything could be. Um, well, anyway. Yeah. Uh, Interesting. Th- moving on. Maybe we can discuss that in further in another episode for a discussion point. Uh, next up, you go ahead and take this since you put this in. Sure. Um, Double Fine founder Tim Schaefer will be honored with a BAFTA fellowship. Hot damn. Pretty amazing, right? No. No, I don't think so either. I feel like I feel like nowadays everyone has a BAFTA. Um, they, I would say in the past ten years, like they've been handing them out like uh, candy. Yeah, and I like candy. How come I don't so. have one? Uh, well, you need to be a game designer. I know because voice sort. actors also have them. Okay, well then you need to be a voice actor. <gasps> oh, boom. oh, 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 you're fired. <laughs> <laughs> Um, So for those who may not know, uh, Tim Schafer started his career back in the old LucasArts days uh, with uh, Secret of Monkey Island, Day of the Tentacle. Uh, He moved on to create Double Fine, which created (laughs) Broken Age, uh, Psychonauts. um, For a BAFTA, you need to be past your prime. (laughs) This is a vicious, vicious, vicious show today. that's, That's basically why I wanted to talk about this is because... What, what does this say about Tim Schafer? Like, I don't have a lot. What is this like? Tim is Schaefer. our BAFTAs now like in memoriam? Is that what of like careers? Right. Like, is it is it is it the um, uh, the end of your the end of an era or whatever the the Oscar? Not I, that's like this. Where we're it's like, like we're like lifetime achievement award. Right. Where that's you're like old and retired. So, and... Like me personally, I I like Tim Schafer. I like the majority of his games. Um, I was really excited that he did the documentary for Broken Age because uh, I feel like he really gave a a clear point blank picture of like how it sucks to make a video game ninety percent of the time. Hmm. Um, I also think it shows his shortcomings as a designer. Uh, how he's kind of a uh, it's my way or the highway, and he makes decisions 
where ultimately just end up losing him money in the long run and things like that, which is fine. But when this came up and it was like, oh, BAFTA, like, yeah, you haven't really released a good game in a long time, man. Like, because now he's in the remake game. So, like, he's finally gotten back all of his his IP. So he was able to remake Grim Fandango. He's able to remake Full Throttle. Well, I mean, from a business standpoint, he is just like, I mean, he's making his money back from the game. So, I mean, that's... Oh, sure. I can't blame him, to be honest. Uh, I don't particularly go for a whole lot of remasters just because I fucking have already played it. I don't want to... Right. I mean, I there's very rarely am I a huge fan of something that I will buy it multiple times. Um, and then I, the other thing, I think he, I feel like outside of those remakes, I feel like he's going away from making games and going towards publishing. Um, yeah. You know, it, what was, uh, I mean, especially through like the day, the day of the dev stuff he's doing, he's, he's also like assisting a lot of, I don't know if he's necessarily publishing, but he's assisting a lot of uh, games that are coming out. I think, what was it? I think it was it um, where the water turns to water. What's that game called? That's coming oh. up soon. I'll have to look it up. By the way, I recently f- that game that I'm talking about. I just found out today as I was uh, looking stuff up for IRX that if you guys remember who have been here for a while, um, a woman named Elizabeth Lapense, who uh, was like really hardcore into indigenous culture because she's uh, I forget what the tr- tribe's name is, but uh, she is Native American, uh, like a good chunk of her ethnicity is anyway. Um, but anyway, she writes for that game, and uh, that was recently. I think it's like winning a lot of awards and attention. It's pretty cool. Oh, cool! So, congrats to her. Um, where the water turns to wine, I think is what it's called. I can't I think find so. it. Uh, it's the gold watch of awards where they give it to you as part of your encouraged retirement gold watch with the engraving. It's time to stop. <laughs> uh, yeah. Well, I mean, <clears throat> I didn't really, and I did get the remake of Grim Fandango. I th- might have day at the technical, but that's through like free PSN stuff or PS. Yeah. PS plus. That's how I got them. Uh, but see, I, I've never, I never played those games. I play. I did not play Grim Fandango back in the day. Secret of Monkey Island, Day of the Tentacle, I did, I think. Not Full Throttle. Um, I do also have Broken Age, but that was new. Yeah. That's not a remake. No. And yeah, it, I got through. And it, I feel like he just kind of gave up, too, because like a lot of his recent games are just like crashed and burned. Through yeah, like uh, Space Base SD9. Like. Well, so did Broken Age. I mean, people were really pissed about well, that. Well, yeah, that's true. Yeah. Yep. I don't know, like, I feel... I just thought it was kind of funny, because, like, I feel like Broken Age and that Kickstarter campaign made him the most famous he's probably ever been, and also completely crashed his career. <laughs> like, well, and not crashed his career, but you know what I mean. Like, I don't... Yeah. He hasn't done anything since, and that's, to me, that's notable, other than what you were just mentioning about the publishing and that kind of thing. I think our stream's but, being funky. Sorry, guys. Um... I dig that documentary, though. If you've never seen that documentary, it's really good. I'll have to take a look. Uh, so, well, I guess congratulations to Tim Schafer. Um, I mean, you, you're an extremely successful man, so best to you. Uh, <laughs> right. Who <maybe>. are we? <laughs> <laughs> you're really. Uh, but from a critique standpoint, maybe uh, it's time to just stick to publishing. Who knows? Because you're putting out some cool games, publishing-wise, I will yeah. say. 
Um, anyway, lastly, uh, we're going to talk about, it's not news necessarily, but a discussion point, uh, because it was kind of a light news week. Um, although we spent a lot of time on Papers, Please short film stuff. Um, in light of all the violence and things like that, um, once again, people were not, not as much as like 1999, but uh, some people were still stuck in that year where they're blaming video games for said violence, um, and which is complete and utter bullshit, to be perfectly honest. However, um, in light of that, I'd like to also point out the, the indie games, especially, tend to have. Um, a good place for the non-violent indie games, which you mentioned earlier uh, about the Devil's Tuning Fork. So, I was wondering, uh, kind of in celebration of uh, video games being awesome and can be uh, poignant and and non-violent and de- deliver a message and that sort sure. of stuff, what are some of your favorite, what are the best non-violent indie games that you can think of? Like just off the top of my head, um, well, Braid, Braid, Braid's yeah. definitely going to be up there. Papers, Please would be is up that there. Te- is well, that non-violent technically? Braid. I mean, and Papers, Please, the... Papers, Please does have violence. Um, I mean, stomping on a. It's technically a violence. Bunny. I'm talking like, okay, look, like, uh, Journey. What about Journey? Journey is non-violent. Yes, Journey. Okay. Yes, definitely. You uh, sure. Non-violent. Really upset. Technically speaking is zero violence like it, it's just i mean because like you mentioned stomping on a goomba or whatever is still technically violence we're talking like walking sims tend to be like that you know uh if you're yeah, a fan like, of like uh, gone, gone home. home yeah yeah that's a great one um, um and uh what was the other one i was gonna say papo and yo there is no um is there I'm trying to think if there is any actual violence in the in that game. There might be actually now that I think of it, because there's like I think some frogs end up getting squished or something like that. <laughs> oh, uh, uh, what's the um, abstract what's or the robot violence? game that you don't say you say that's not an indie game? Uh, yeah. Grow home. Grow home. Yeah. I mean, it's it's like there's indie, lots. It's that that isn't that one of those games that was like funded by a triple-a studio but under yeah they have a they have an indie arm now yeah <laughs> fucking oxymoron but anyway um <laughs> the ed and eddie game i didn't know there was an ed, ed and eddie game uh, i didn't yeah, even like that what, show game Boy advance i did not like that show um well it doesn't like you so yeah gone home i mean that's what i was thinking so gone home has like uh, the implication that violence has occurred at some point right um Papa Yo is is there's alcohol abuse and stuff like that, but uh, thinking about it, I think some things do actually get harmed in that game, if I remember correctly. Um, Paradox games don't have gory violence, but they simulate war and genocide. That's that's violent. When you're when you're wiping somebody out, even if there's not the image of it. Um, there was a God. Why can't I think of it? Rev would have uh, oh. Stardew Valley. Uh, no, there was violence in that, too. Yep. Yeah. Shit. What about Fez? Is there violence Fez? in Fez? Fez didn't so. have any violence, I don't think. Yeah. I mean, being sucked into those portals was never fun. But <laughs> Yonder, um, which is came out last year, 
um, Yonder Cloud Chronicles, I really enjoyed. That was definitely non-violent, uh, I believe. So, there's that. The Witness? Yeah. The Witness is a good one. Usually it, it seems, is a good one. Usually it's puzzle games and walking sims, it seems. Yeah, or um, racing simulators. <laughs> I don't know. Those can get pretty violent. I mean, I don't think the last Ridge Racer was that violent. I could yeah, be wrong. Crash and shit. That I think I'm being a little nitpicky, actually. <laughs> uh, Lumini, you can, you can dispose of enemies. Kind of. I mean, I think... So with it not so this that that ends up being the good question, right? So it's like okay, so it's not violent. Pong. So it, so it has to fall back. On. I don't know. I punched a friend over pong. That's not true, but well, people might have. Um, uh, so this is getting a little philo- philosophical. Um, but it falls. You have to fall back onto something else, right? Because then you realize that there's a lot of games out there that are violent for violence' sake, right? Mm-hmm. There's no real value in the game. There's no good story. There's no characters you can relate to it's just about killing people about, and then how about postal <sighs> and then you take that element away <laughs> and you realize that the game is left with nothing do you know what i mean like yeah. there is no story there is no plot there's no characters and then using that as kind of a as like the box to keep you in to make a game you know like how do you build within these constraints well we can't kill anything so how do we do it you know, like mm. I, I feel like I mean, some, again, I feel like there's some games nowadays that specifically go for nonviolence, too. Um, I just I'm having your your brains leaking over into mine now where I just can't bring up things. That's Zelda is violent, especially toward grass and pottery. Very I mean, true. you attack you attack Chickens. enemies in, in Zelda. He's making a joke. But yes, I mean, I would say not towards <laughs> environment would count uh, would be my guess. Right. Um, I'm trying to think now of games I have that are non-violent. Postal 2 is violence because uh, Postal has an ending that questions humanity, including your own as the player. Who knew Postal? What was was that one game that never even came out because it was all about killing innocent people and going on massacres and hatred or something? Yeah, I think that's what it was called. Like, people were all up in arms about that. And I'm like, what? There are scenes like this in modern gaming now. Like, there's a yeah. there's a Call of Duty game where, like, you literally walked into an airport and just gunned down innocent people. Nobody seemed to really give a shit about that. That game's on sore shells, selling for 60 bucks a pop. Like, So here's the thing. So, like, that game, I don't know. That guy seemed kind of like a prick. To be honest, he was doing it to make a point. He wanted to see how far he could go with it. But yeah, I, I, I'm very into free speech. Um, Are you? I am. However, however, we, there, we talk when that happened. <clears throat> I can't talk. Hold on. <clears throat> oh wait. When that happened, uh, we talked about. Uh, this was before you came on the show, but we we had talked about another game where it was basically. Uh, killing what was it Native Americans or something I, I think it was Native Americans it was like Custer's Last Stand I think it was called simply for killing Native Americans like there was no point to it sure um, I know there's a point to it it's just not one that you agree with <laughs> well I mean like when you're when you're doing it out of hate right. or you know what I mean or like it's just 
You know, it's like making a game where you just burn Jewish people alive. You know what I mean? Like, sure. And there's nothing else to it. Why? What point are you making with that? Other than just being, a, you know, a shitlord, you know, shock tactic type of thing. Um, That's that. It's or not. You're just, there's no. There's no purpose. You're just going after a very selected group of people. Yeah, I mean, like, <laughs> there's no purpose other than to piss people off, I guess. Right. And it's not illegal or anything, obviously, but to to make a game about that. Uh, but that's pretty screwed up. It's fucked up. Yeah, it's a fucking, um, it's a weird thing to do. However, a game like Hatred, I remember like way back when on Newgrounds. Uh, and this was like, shh, like, pretty, like Columbine and shit like that was pretty raw in people, uh, in people's minds and stuff. Yeah, <clears throat> Newgrounds uh, had made that game uh, Pico School. Okay, yeah, where Pico just goes in and starts shooting up the school, right? Um, so. I, and I was, I, I mean, I, I was also, when that was a thing, I was a teenager, <coughs> not as mature, but at the same time, even now, I'm still like, it, it, I don't know, it doesn't bother me. Right. It's just a game. Yeah, and the fact that, in, the, in that game had, you know, came up and in, in probably helped Newgrounds uh, grow like it did. I mean, it was already pretty right. popular, but... Um, that game specifically had gotten brought up in, in the whole school shooting school shooting fiasco back then. And in my mind, it was just, why? How about you just parent your kids? <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. And, I mean, yet, take, and then, I mean, of course, and then, of course, there's the whole mental illness thing. And, of course, sure. that's an issue as well. And there's a whole lot of other things that go into it, uh, yeah, which we're not, not going to go on to. We're not going to go into on this show. Um, but it, the point is, uh, we kind of strayed away from nonviolent indie games. But the point is, is that uh, games are not to blame for one, for any kind of violence out in the world. Two, uh, indie games are a pretty special place because they can bring a game that you know I, I can't think of a AAA game that would be considered nonviolent. Um, is I guess maybe Harvest Moon. Um, I don't know if there's any fighting in Harvest Moon. I don't. It's been a long time. I don't know. Or maybe like um, oh, nuts. What's those games? Stupid Nintendo games. Um, let me see if I can find it. The Baron Kraken's in the chat, just trying to fuck my shit. <laughs> Isn't allowing violence toward established environments and labeling it nonviolent, lying for the subliminal acceptance of real world, real real world apathy toward the real environment. Yeah, man, gotta save the trees. There you go. <laughs> that's that's I a agree. lesson to take away from this. Uh, anyway, before this gets too deep into something I really don't want to bring up on the show, I think it's time to violently start a riot. Huh? This week on Starting the Riots, we're talking about Celeste. Uh, came out, uh, what, not too long ago? Uh, uh, end of January, I believe. Yeah, okay. Um, from the creators of Towerfall, um, which, if you, I don't know if you want to trust Towerfall. Creators. You didn't like Towerfall? Uh, well, they, they were in the whole um, 
Ooyah Fanasco, so I don't know if I'm just... Oh, that, that, I, I totally yeah. forgot about that. We talked about that a lot back in the day. Yeah. Uh, they were one of the, they were, that was the also, I'm Towerfall pretty sure that's not the how exclusive. it was Yeah. Uh, Matt Makes Games, uh, as the developer. Ooyah. <laughs> Ooyah. Uh, Celeste is a, I'm gonna say it again, and I hate saying it, a puzzle platformer. Uh, 8-bit, 16-bit style. Um... It started off as a free game, if I believe. I thought it was just a demo. Maybe it was a demo. Uh, so the my recollection of this game being created, it was based on the um, the the uh, uh, Pico Eight. Do you know what the Pico Eight is? No. So this it's actually kind of an interesting idea. Um, the Pico Eight is a uh, at least that's I think that's how you pronounce it uh, is a fake console that does not exist. But um, there is a group of developers who develop games for it. So basically, it's what I, I was mentioning earlier of creating a game within a um, world of restraints. So the Pico 8 only has a set number of palette, uh, of colors of palette. Uh, can only have so much animation. The sounds music like can only jam. be in a certain way. Huh? It sounds like a game jam. Yeah, sort of. It's the, it's the a similar idea. But instead of it's like, oh no, this is a pick. It's a pick eight game. You don't have a pick eight. Like, come on, man. You pick up a pick eight and play Celeste. Um, and then they turned it into a full fledged game that's been fully released on Xbox and Microsoft and uh, Sony PlayStation, Nintendo Switch, Steam. Mm-hmm. Um, the main mechanic, as you're getting ready to see, maybe through this terrible gameplay, is uh, it's all about jumping through the air. Um, and it does a very good job of teaching you that mechanic and in all sorts of ways to use it and then slowly kind of develops you into the rest of the gameplay mechanics um, by not using a lot of long tutorials uh, so it's the old school way of teaching you how to play uh, play a video game I mean this is yet another game that's dredging up the the um Nostalgia. Nostalgia, thank you. I almost said narcolepsy. <laughs> oh. I'm... That was not the right word that, no, that I was not... going for. Um, one thing that's interesting is that it, the music was made by Miniboss. Uh, oh, you're... shit. What? Yeah. I missed that. Yeah, so that was pretty cool. Uh, I didn't realize that until today. Um, so, soundtrack. I might add that to our soundtrack list. Uh, you're going to have to, man. Miniboss is the bomb. Yeah. Um, so it is actually out for uh, Steam, Itch.io, the Wii, or not the Wii, the fucking Switch. Uh, the fucking Switch. <laughs> a PS4 and Xbox. So it's all over the goddamn place. Yeah. Uh, and you can also just buy the soundtrack uh, off of Bandcamp if you are so inclined. I would imagine that they have it bundled on Steam. I didn't actually look. Um, let me take a look here. <clears throat> nope. No? They do have a link to the Bandcamp on the Steam page, but it's not. But it's like, not like a bundled price, yeah. <clears throat> right? <coughs> Excuse me. It's currently nineteen ninety nine, Windows, Mac, and Linux. Totally worth Steam. it. Uh, overwhelmingly positive, uh, as uh, Eric had said earlier. I don't know if it was during the segment or not, but uh, that it's recently garnered a lot of attention. A little bit late. It wasn't like hugely popular on its opening day. I don't think. Mm-hmm. Um, but recently has been picked up by a lot of YouTubers and has gotten a lot of power. Do you know? Do you do you know why? Why is that? Because it got released on the Switch. That's what everybody started picking it up. 
I don't know about that. Maybe oh, for I you. Know. You, you mm. console. No, I know. I know. You console bitch. Uh, <laughs> that makes me a bitch. Uh, PC master race. I don't really give a shit. You um, seem to care quite a bit. I don't. Well, it's actually, this. So the gameplay in this is actually really, uh, really challenging. You can you can make it yeah, a little easier it's... on yourself um, by just making your way to the next screen. But if you want to get all of the little collectible light things that are floating around, uh, they the are strawberries. In some, yeah, in the in the strawberries. Strawberries. They're in uh, very uh, difficult places on the map. Uh, and you have to utilize that that dash move like perfectly. Mm-hmm. Um, one of these, th- one of the things that are most difficult about these games is making sure that the controls are tight. Yep. Um, I don't know how many platformers I've played where it's just some of them are sliding on purpose, like like Meat Boy, like Super Meat Boy. Sure. Um, but you learn it that way. Like it's 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 a mechanic. It's not right. a, a shortcoming of the programming. Right. Um, yeah. and, and levels are designed around that. Right. A lot of platformers are not. They're, they're designed to be difficult, but then they have sliding controls or just uh, maybe not well thought out controls. And it just it's difficult, not necessarily because of the level design, but because the controls are just shit. Right. Um, they do a good job in this game making the controls tight. So it's it is very challenging but not frustratingly impossible. You know, you, you end up getting it after several tries usually. Um, sometimes more than that, but it's it's still, you can tell it's it's your fault when you fuck up. Right. Um, there's also uh, some cool little secrets. Like you can like dig out, I think, certain parts of the level, like the snow and stuff like that to, to find some cool things. Um, there's also... Well, and the, the story is really cool, too. So the story is basically just about this woman who wants to climb the Celeste Mountain. Yeah. And that's it. It's just her journey to climb this mountain. Which I, was is just, I was just about to bring up... Cool. I was just about to bring up the fact that the, uh, the the creepy old man in the beginning was appreciated. Like, the, the whole, like, horror trope of, like, like you should turn back. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> he was, like, rude to her. And she was kind of a jerk to him. It was kind of nice. It was refreshing instead of the... Did you like that? That make you feel good? I did. Yeah. yeah. Reminded me of myself. Oh, weird. Weird. I want to be a curmudgeon old man when I grow older. I mean, you're I'm already sure. curmudgeon I'm. I, you're more curmudgeon than I am. Oh, that makes any sense. Mm-hmm. 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 Yeah, so if you're looking for a definite challenging game that has a lot to give back, um, this is... This is a good choice. From the creators of Towerfall, who I totally forgot, released on the Ouya. Ouya. Is that hey, how you man. pronounce it? I forget now. It's yeah, been that's so how you long. pronounce it. I remember the day that they released that soundbite of what the how you actually pronounce that word. Ouya. And I was very disappointed, and that was <laughs> the first downfall of the. I think I I think I was calling it the like the the Ouya. Probably yeah. Or something. It's I don't... shit. Just saying that it's trash. Well, you know what's not trash? Still got mine on the shelf. Peep show. Peep show. Please give all your attention to early access. (laughs) 
This week on Peep Show, we're talking about a game called Lobotomy Corporation. Corporation. Corporation by Project Moon. Uh, <laughs> I don't know why I went into that. That was your fault. Yep. Lo- Lobotomy, Lobotomy Corporation. Face the fear. Build the future. Um, so you're playing... This is a sim management type of game where you're uh, playing as an administrator of a company which is... Uh, doing the job of managing monsters and creatures and such. Uh, a lot of people get a very... actually has it in its in its description. Um, kind of like the SCP Foundation, if you know the SCP games and the lore from Creepypastas and yada yada. Basically, uh, there were some TV shows that were kind of... I don't know if they were based off of it necessarily, but same concept, where there's like a secret organization underground, they have yeah. a big facility where they contain... Uh, creatures and like evil things or things that are just uh what's the word i'm looking for that are uh uh i mean the lovecraftian sure that's not what i was looking for but you know those kinds of things cthulhuish um otherworldly otherworldly sure that's still not what i was quite what i was looking for but better balls (laughs) on your chest uh so they but in this case they're actually trying to harness the monsters uh, because they're creating a new energy source and it's our job as the player to collect them um, and uh, using your uh, I think you I think it's kind of like door fortressy in a sense that you have these uh, subordinates that um, are doing tasks in order to maximize your efficiency of collecting this energy um, and then of course you can level up open up new departments uh make you know make your efficiency better all that sort of stuff and it is also kind of a roguelike it's a rogue roguelite is what they're calling it um what does that even mean it's i don't know i I gave up on the whole definition of that for a while um but anyway so i'm assuming that usually it means that you start over at some point i have not actually played this game unfortunately um i haven't been able to get my hands on it but that's how they're explaining it um one of the things I, I've always like—I mean, I've always liked sim management games and, and uh, things like that. You know what this sure. kind of reminds me of? It's like SCP mixed with Monsters Inc. Yeah, because because of the whole energy thing. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, I've always—I've liked sim management, but this kind of also has the whole um, collect collect them up kind of feel to it too. Yeah, and there's like some combat. Yeah, and, yeah, and some turn-based yeah. combat and and uh, unique unique artwork too. Um, unique new. Well, it's kind of it's kind of like <clears throat> it's got that. I mean, I think I mentioned it's it a couple episodes ago. Yeah, it's well, it's got that Newgrounds flashy look to it. You know, I, I just did, realized like, I'm not showing any of the gameplay, so here you go. Sorry about that. No, that's all right. Here's We're pretty. Thing. Yeah. Uh, no, it's it reminds me of that that flashy like new Newgrounds uh, flash animation style, or it's like that weird anime ish. Yeah. Sort of, yeah, so it's, it's like the yeah. high school teenager. I, this sounds yeah. like I don't know. It kind of sounds like an insult, but it's like high school teenagers that are trying to be serious but still can't get away from the anime fan drawings, right? <laughs> yep. A little bit like that. I uh, I don't believe that these people. I think these people are actually from Korea, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, when when it's .kr at the end of a of a website, that's Korea, right? Jesus, I don't know. .kr. Someone someone confirm that in the chat. Um, I believe it's from Korea. South Korea. But, yeah, of course. Republic of Korea. No, Get Kim Jong-un actually Korea. made this game. Or is it North Korea? Yeah, but they. you think they're going to release a game 
You don't know. I'd be brave of them. I, I'd be very highly surprised. You are so brave releasing a video game. Did okay. you see that? Did we talk about that? Did you see the um, the the uh, active user map that Steam put out? No. Okay, so you have to search for this because it's fucking hilarious. So a couple of weeks ago, I guess now, Steam released just like a, a, a map of the world where all the active uh, Steam users were uh, like at that certain time. And, it, you know, obviously, you know, the United States was all lit up and England was all lit up and uh, parts of Canada and all that shit. <laughs> I shit you not. There was one tiny little dot in North Korea. Just one? Just one. <laughs> and the only way that somebody would have access to Steam inside North Korea would have to work for the for the North Korean government so and have permission from Kim Jong Un to run it. <laughs> I would so not they're that would not surprise it's actually me. Actually him. That would not surprise me in the least if he was playing yeah. if he was the only one playing Steam because he's a fucking man child. Yeah, like it was when that got released I was like you got to be kidding me. Really? Asshole. <laughs> oh well. Uh, I feel it. bad for North Koreans. No way. Anyway, uh, Lobotomy Corporation is currently 19.99 on Steam. Of course, it is early access. Uh, that uh, I'm not exactly sure. Uh, I haven't taken a deep dive into their uh, development plans <clears throat> uh, as far as like what they're planning on uh, adding into the game. But um, it is. Uh, it's been out since. Uh, actually, December of 2016, so for for a little over a year now, uh, in early access on Steam. So uh, usually, what early access goes for like two years, usually. Yeah. Unless you're, I don't know, Rust or something. I don't know. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> <Versus>. <laughs> um, <clears throat> man, I can't. I'm losing my voice. I'm trying to think yeah. if there's anything else we missed before moving on. Yeah. Uh. Our new technology will bring salvation to the human race. That's the energy, the administration monster. Looking at their um, updates, just a bunch of bug fishes. They added some translations uh, most recently. Let me take a look here. No. Notice a future roadmap. Ah. Financial situation. Uh, no, they're not going into anything specific. They're just talking about... Yeah. Anyway. Uh... So that's pretty much it for right now, Lobotomy Corporation. I think it looks really cool. Um, kind of my, in, in in a couple of genres I'm into. Um, the art is interesting. A little bit uh, flashy. Isn't like yeah. Adobe Flash, but uh, that's not a bad thing necessarily. Yeah, I think it'll be, once it's finished, I think it should be a fun game. That's, well, they, everyone should always take early access with a grain of salt. We've said that yeah. from the very first episode of Indie Game Riot. Um but we try and pick out the ones that we think will uh, make the cut when it's all said and done, to be honest. Um, well, you know what we should cut to now? We free should make fun. a cut to free fun. This week on Free Fun, we've got a fun little horror game called, and it's free, called Under the Bed. Under the Bed. By Camelot with a K-H. So, Camelot. It's not how you spell it. Camelot. That is how you spell it. Uh, it's on their Itch.io page, which you can find this on Itch.io for free. But I always suggest that when you go to download it, uh, please consider uh, supporting the dev by doing the pay what you want thing. 
Mm -hmm. Although you totally. can actually play this in browser, but it's always cool to like throw in a few bucks. Uh, Under the Bed by Camelot uh, is you, a child, uh, waking up in the middle of the night in the pitch dark uh, and having to find, uh, having to explore your house uh, with monsters and things uh, that you can only escape by uh, covering your eyes because you're a child and that's what children do. And apparently in this world, it works. It's true. You know what? This game, I changed my mind. This game is coddling children. They should be uh, shown that this kid gets eaten uh, to death by these monsters because the world does not work that way. And if you cover your eyes when something makes you afraid, you will die. That's why I teach my kids. Not really. Um, so we probably need to call some sort of social service then. Because that's, really. that's, that's not... I'm going to no. teach, teach your kid that too. No. My I'm going to traumatize your kid. No. Ooh, see, in the gameplay there, you're seeing the monster, uh, monster's eyeballs, and you close your eyes. Yeah, he's he's gone. You. you close your eyes, he's gone. So, go uh, the game was originally developed in a 3D game jam. Um, it says it was... What was I reading? I can't find it now. Um, short game, 10 to 20 minutes. Um, it is simple puzzles that you have to solve. Uh, yeah, so like the first puzzle is you are locked inside your bedroom. It should so you mention, have to figure out how to unlock it. should mention, too, that the game pauses when you close your eyes. So it's not like you can just walk around with your eyes closed. Right. And Well, and you can only see the world when you pause the game. So you have to pause the game to be able to play it. Uh, it is actually only 10 to 20 minutes to play. So you're not using up a lot of your time to give it a try. Um, I have to say good job to Hamelot. Yeah, it's a very, very cool idea. Uh, so. 2D immersive games. More like this, please. Yes. Uh, haunt Eric's dreams, make him spin uh, out of control and out of touch with reality. And, uh, I don't know what that means. It's like, I don't know if those things are good. You know what is not good or could be good depending on your view of things? It's saying goodbye the end of the show that's right this is the end of the show end of the uh, slow if you enjoyed this show please consider uh checking us out on patreon patreon.com slash riot financial support is always appreciated and uh helps us grow this show and uh helps us help uh indie games and indie devs and show them off to you all uh as we curate the best of the best in our opinion for you um Another thing I'd like to point out is that for those of you, there are a lot of new people in the chat on live recording. We do record every Wednesday, 9.30 p.m. Eastern Time, uh, unless otherwise noted. Uh, like last week, we had Valentine's Day, so we kind of had family things to do with spouses and whatnot. Uh, but usually, uh, it is every Wednesday. And uh, give us a follow if you enjoyed the show. Appreciate it. And uh, so that way you get notified every time we go live. Um, some other things you can do to help us out is by checking us out on Twitter at IGR Podcast or Facebook.com slash IGR Podcast. Um, and you can send us things like news that are in-game related, uh, games that we should check out, people to interview, that sort of stuff. Or you can just email them to us at, uh, to contact at IndieGameRiot.com. Um, a couple other notes I want to point out is that on this coming Friday, the time of this recording, uh, this coming Friday, 
is the second Indie Fireside uh, discussion meeting. So for those of you who don't know, Indie Fireside is uh, every month we pick a game that is $10 or less, so that's uh, you know somewhat affordable. We also try and get some extra keys to help out those who might not be able to afford it for whatever reason, but still want to participate. Um, you play those games throughout the month, you can talk about them, but then at the, the last Friday of every month, we have a discussion about that game, kind of like a book club. So it's an in-depth discussion, kind of lasts, uh, you know, however long. Last last month was um, Snail Trek, the Snail Trek series. This month, we're doing Simulacra, uh, which you can find on uh, Steam. And again, if you can't afford it for whatever reason but want to join us, just uh, DM someone in our Discord channel. You will have to join our Discord channel, uh, which the... Uh, for those on Twitch, the button is below the stream. For those on YouTube or wherever else, there is a link uh, in the description. Um, and uh, because everything will take place on Discord uh, as far as the discussion goes. And that will also be streamed right here on Twitch. Um, it's a good time all around. And uh, again, Samalakra only takes a few hours to play through, I believe. Um, so <clears throat> and it is led by Vance and actually Hale Gaborn in chat, who is Vance. Uh, just showed up you can always contact him with more information or questions or whatever um, as he's the one that leads it and uh yeah we hope to see you all there as many people that want to that want to participate uh you know the better the more people the better uh the other thing is that i am finally starting to really uh hardcore plan and get things ready for irx usually a certain january but i've had a lot of shit going on <laughs> Um, so I'm kind of playing catch up now, but, uh, any revolution expo again, if you don't know, um, is we, every year we do a digital, completely free, completely digital indie game convention called indie revolution expo right here on Twitch. And, uh, we'll open up registration for that soon where you can just register your game to have it, uh, shown off during the expo. Of course, there's also, uh, presentations that you can sign up for. If you think you have something to uh, talk about or teach people or that sort of stuff. Um, it's a good time. It's a good time. Uh, Eric, make sure you're available this time. Uh, so I mean, I'm going to try. You better be. You well, fucking better be. Try. Anyway. Uh, so uh, we do have a mailing list to keep up to date with everything. So I highly suggest that uh, you can... We have a sign-up form on our website under the Indie Revolution Expo tab. But you can also just message me and I can uh, add your email if you would like that as well. Any last words for you, Eric? Uh, support the games you love and stay indie. <gasps> Say goodbyes. Goodbye. Toodles. Toodles.